How's it going? All good. All good. I'm glad we're back to well, second one, but regular podcasting again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if two two's a good streak though. Better than we've done recently. So um, yeah, we we obviously had a bit of bit of feedback, a bit of positive feedback from from the last podcast. It was good to be good to be back and sharing some updates. Um, didn't even tell them. Somehow they're still didn't even tell them. Yeah, I mean the stream the stream still still seems to be picking stuff up. Um, I guess we're going to continue. I don't. We didn't decide this, but should we continue as like Airbyte podcast, even though Airbyte is not a a thing, which maybe we should explain a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think so. I guess the name is still there, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's entity. got like a podcasty type name. Yeah. yeah, like you know, get get your bite over the air. Nice. That was the original <laughs> idea for the name, wasn't uh, it? I think so. I think we're, um, we're going about like cloud, cloud computing yeah, yeah. air, and then bite tech. Back in the day, so yeah, what what has happened to Airbyte? Um, Obviously, we spoke last time about joining Wild Goose, but on a yep. legal entity, like what have we decided to do? Um, at the time we were joining, yeah, full time at Wild Goose, we we didn't really see a uh, sort of any room for like consulting, I guess, as part of our bike, and we didn't think we would sort of continue on that side of it. Um, we still had quite a few. Um, bit of cash sort of stored in Airbyte accounts um, just from previous projects that we closed up. Uh, and then I guess it was effectively a way of accessing that. Um, yeah. So in the UK, you can do, there's like different types of closing. There's like forced liquidation, which is usually a bad thing. Um, it means you can't pay your debt. But we did a voluntary um, liquidation, which just basically means you pay everyone up and you dilute the cash and close the company down. Um, the obviously con against this is you can no longer trade as that company. So the Airbyte podcast is all just in by name. There is no affiliation with said company because it does not exist. Um, and that was an interesting, painful process to yeah. actually close that down. But it was definitely the right thing to do at the time. It was pre-COVID that we decided to do that, but it was, um, yeah, it was a, it was the right kind of decision to make in terms of commitment around other things. And uh, I think we, yeah, we both agreed that we would not really return to Airbyte in that same capacity. So it made sense to kind of shut it down. And, and if we were to do something again, we, we can always start up another entity focused on that different type of operation away from agency style or yeah. product studio style. Yeah. Um, no, it was a good uh, learning, I guess, because, um, yeah, we'd never even thought about that we'd have to do that. Um, so it was quite good. I mean, like, uh, doing communication with the liquidators and our accounts and seeing what needs to be done in order to do it. In general, it's fairly straightforward. I think there was a couple of... Uh, things that was I don't know you have to get what was it a power of attorney I think to authorize our legality as people <laughs> yeah uh, when we sign the documents um yeah I've not sworn on like a bible before <laughs> so that was a, an interesting <laughs> unexpected 
Um, yeah, she gave us a choice of swearing in the Bible, or or is it just a normal, uh, a non-religious, non-religious type oath? Went, um, went for the Bible. <laughs> why not? It was right there, <laughs> and uh, felt obliged. But it was, um, yeah, that sort of thing where it's quite slow, painful to get through. I think we had to do that twice, technically. Yeah. Um, because first time the paperwork wasn't quite right, and yeah, it's one of those where you just end up with um, kind of an anticlimactic ending. It was just like all done. Yeah, and it was. I guess it was the scary part was when uh, our balance went to the liquidators because it has to go through their accounts. Um, you get this period of you don't know where your cash is, <laughs> and then um, yeah, one day it just arrived. Um, so yeah, fairly straightforward process, but and then obviously that has tax implications around um, how it goes about. You can apply for entrepreneurial relief, and that carries some stipulations where you can't operate in a very like similar environment. Um, you don't have to do that, of course, but then you pay high tax. So it's like, ooh, how do you manage it all? Yeah. But it's quite a it's quite an interesting constraint because it means we're really. Uh, kind of bound to not do any contracting type things and only focus on product or like full-time work yeah. um, employment. So yeah, interesting constraint. And that's, that's like a constraint around that tax relief here in the UK. And I think it lasts for two years. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and by itself, uh, we did trade market before this happened, I think. I did, yeah, yeah. Forgot uh, about that. So we, we we still have the name, and I guess um, if we did want to continue with the name and start another business, then we can always operate under it again, um, which is interesting. In two to three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if anyone you know wants to apply to use that trademark, <laughs> let me know. I know it's really worth it. Um, <laughs> But it's more about protection. And what's weird is like a month after we got like a thing saying someone else was using it yeah. in a similar um, fashion, which turned out not to be similar at all. But it's yeah, quite interesting. Yeah, that you can try and enforce that protection if you need to. Yeah. Cool. Right. So that clears that one up. Um, uh, yeah. Change tack. Weekend, Steve. Weekend. I hear you. I hear you went on the bike ride, which like. Well, you went out in public which these days is is interesting so um, I, had, I had a mission i had a mission to do which was um at wild goose at the moment we um as previously we did a lot of physical in-person events we used to have a, a stock of tablets um but before uh, or just when covid was happening we decided to and we used to lease them so we we stopped that lease and then we have to return the tablets. Um, and the only way of getting my tablets to the person who's delivering them is was to cycle. So, yeah, did my journey up to the Royal Air Force Museum, which was midway, which is exciting. <laughs> Went through London, Golders Green, Hampstead Heath, lovely park, first time there. Um, I was hoping for a swim, but they closed the baths. Due to COVID, which is important. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's a good, good long cycle. And it's the uh, biggest cycle I've done in a while. So, good. Was, was it busy? 
Seems to be quite the key question now. Was it busy? The park. Yeah. Park was very busy. Um, the roads were pretty clear, which was nice as a cyclist. So yeah, it's a good time to go cycling, but maybe not go to the park because yeah, it's a lot of people. I just went for a walk and um, the schools were being let out, so I was just avoiding all the children. It's like I'm allergic to children because I don't want to go anywhere. It's just like two little girls walking along and I have to like step into the road to <laughs> avoid them. It's really bizarre. <laughs> Not my manliest moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess also um, I've been planning the move to Prague. Uh, which is happening in August. So I've been trying to just arrange what I'm going to do with all my stuff, um, which I think is going to go into storage, most of it. Um, and then all my parents' carriage. I need to check uh, to see the availability of that. So uh, if anyone wants to steal Steve's stuff, <laughs> just find out where his parents live. Not where Valuable is pretty much a mattress in the desk. <laughs> That's all you need to start up, uh, yeah. like start a kit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've uh, I've been applying to for the temporary residency and sent it off over the weekend. Um, so I get here back in about twelve days, I think. About that. You feeling confident? Feeling confident. I don't think there's a reason to reject me. If you, if you talk about it, does that like jeopardize it? <laughs> Is it one of those? Could they be listening? <laughs> Maybe, um, but yeah, good times. And uh, yeah, it's about five weeks, maybe six weeks away. Oh no, it's not far now. It's creeping. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the situation with uh, coronavirus, um, Checker has been doing pretty well, but they've listed us as medium risk as a uh, threat. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that decreases over the next couple of weeks. So I'm able to fly over. What happens if it doesn't decrease? Can you still go? Or is it just... Um, sort of. They have a long list of uh, exceptions, or exemptions, um, for people visiting. And one of those is sort of reuniting with a partner. Um, so I think I could, on those grounds, do it. But uh, <laughs> you have to print off certain things and you have to prove that you were together... And all those stuff. It sounds quite complicated. Wow. Um, so hopefully we get in the green. But worst case, I'll do that. Are you going to shave off your beard, your COVID beard, <laughs> before or after? Uh, after, I think. See how it goes down. <laughs> Going attached to it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So that's uh, an update from me. Uh, how's baby life going for you? Um, good. Yeah. We're making progress on, um, the rolling situation. I've been like training with like oh. wiggling and, um, trying to encourage him to roll from back to front. What, and front to back. What's the purpose of encouraging him to do it? Because you kind of get to the point where you're like, what if they never <laughs> achieve this? What if they're like 17 and they fall over in the road and they can't get back up? <laughs> Because they start like a like a beetle on its back. Um, so. I've seen um, uh, it's especially prominent in like America where they have pools, and I've I've seen that you have to teach your baby to roll over in a pool, um, just in case they ever fall in the pool. 
it's like a uh, you have yeah, to make yeah. it like a habit for them. As soon as they land in water, they have to roll over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you haven't got a pool, but it's a similar thing, I guess. So. I'll try that in the sink <laughs> and see how we go. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. And yeah, it's taken up a lot of my time though. I was trying to do some, um, we'll, we'll talk about a bit more projects of what we're doing, but I was trying to do some project work, like side project work at the weekend. And um, yeah, it's just hard to get, get the hours in, but mm. it makes you really like determined to focus and, and get things done because you, you do only have a short amount of time. Yeah. I feel like it, I'm probably am more productive because I'm more focused to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, interesting. Do you, do you go through like, uh, like mini, mini, mini sprints, like an hour or so every so yeah. often? Or, it yeah, it is really small. Yeah. Um, and notoriously, I've been quite bad at context switching. Like, I find it really difficult. Whereas I'm having to really train myself to get into it. Like, hmm. one hour I can be having to like entertain a baby, and then the next I'm solving like. <laughs> Geo, geo queries in rails is yeah it's really difficult you need to get him to uh, really enjoy watching you code <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've tried he's like he's really interested in phones hmm. um like how how to work that out i think um does he like does he engage with a phone like can he see stuff moving and it's interesting to him or is it just like the thing the object of it um no he sees the screen and he sees stuff on the screen yeah. and like occasionally if i'm like not looking he'll like do stuff on the screen <laughs> which is bonkers if yeah. you think about it like he knows how to like scroll and stuff it's like what <laughs> um i don't know if it's like intentional but he definitely like yeah. gets it to make it move around um yeah bonkers i saw they join instagram today was that him doing it or was it one of you Well, no, are you asking if my four-month-old baby uh, signed <laughs> up to Instagram on his own? Um, so, yeah, we did this to... I had, like, a weird realisation that, like, what if he doesn't get the email address he wants? What if he doesn't get the username on Instagram that he wants? So I thought, you know what, I'm going to be the best dad ever and try and reserve them early on. That's good. This, a bit of this came out from the launch of, like, Hey, yep. uh, which is an email service from the base camp guys and gals and um yeah they yeah they have like this big thing where people are trying to get like their first name at mm. hey.com yeah. and uh yeah just kind of came out of that oh. like this this thought have so you, yeah I that last night. no annoyingly i was offered like a few weeks ago rupert.io and i passed <laughs> i was like no i won't get it and now i can't get it and i'm it's like my life's biggest regret <laughs> It could have been a really good, yeah, really good domain. Yeah, it's interesting to see. I mean, I wonder if like, IO will be, yeah, limited as as .com is. You don't know what the it'll be like when he's sixteen or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hyped on like other extensions at the moment. Yeah. .app and yeah. .dev are doing pretty pretty attractive. Um, mm. But I know you've been on some domain hypes recently. Yeah. I, um, I was uh, just searching on park.io, which is a great place to spend a few hours <laughs> looking at domains. Um, and yeah, I, I got free um, free domains over the course of the day, which I thought, thought they were pretty good. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet. 
Yeah, I was going to say that. What's your intention? Are you, are you? Is this like an investment type opportunity, or is it a? I'm probably going to spin up a landing page um, that is based around do you want this domain, um, but also I don't know. It, it'll do something nice, a bit, a bit funky, not just a landing page. Well, that's the most vague answer I've ever heard. <laughs> well, that's something exciting to like be like, yes, I want this domain. Oh, okay. So you you are trying to, I guess, like yeah, like uh, position some use cases that you could use this domain for. I guess. Nice. Did I talk to you about my domain portfolio um, uh, idea? I think I did. did yeah. Where you can kind of trap them as as investments, yeah. and then I think you bounce back as kind of like you could do this with a lot of commodity yeah. um, products. But yeah, domains in particular, it's always been something that I've been really um, keen. To, to delve into more because I, I think it's fascinating, like the, the perceived value of domains, bonkers, yeah. where you, you can command quite high fees. And, and recently I sold a domain that I was pretty proud of. Um, not going to say what it is because it's like a project in, in motion with, with someone else, but it's, it's um yeah, it's, it's like really interesting. And I've, I was like, you know, how, what if you could actually track like how much you're spending on these domains? Because like if you start looking at like, oh, I'm spending like, I spent a hundred quid on this domain in its lifetime. Hmm. Is that a good opportunity where you're like, okay, well that kind of gives me a justification of how much I need to sell it for to make, to break even, um, and cut my losses or, or even just like how much money I'm wasting on all these domains that I'm never using. Yeah. Um, and I think if you start looking at it as like a portfolio perspective, yeah. you obviously need to take the, the average of all, all your activity, um, to claim that in one place, I think would be quite interesting. Yeah, um, What's an interesting problem is I'm actually really struggling to find a good domain for this domains related project because any domain around domains, getting very meta here, but every domain around domains is like mm. always gone and always reserved. So I'm trying mm. to be a bit creative around what that could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting to see um, uh, the design from a design perspective of how people do portfolios as well. Um, I thought, because I've, been using the free trade, free trade stuff for stocks and then um, Coinbase for crypto stuff. Like comparing the two app designs, it's, it's quite interesting. And then oh, there's like subtle differences of how they present certain data. And I think it's, it's quite a nice UI challenge. Mm. I like to be a designer for a portfolio thing. Because, yeah, there's stuff like in Coinbase, which is much nicer than free trade and vice versa. Well, if you're volunteering for this domain <laughs> portfolio project, then uh, yeah. please. We think as an app or web based. Web based, um, primarily, but yeah, it's got to have that real simple, holistic view that makes you kind of want that that thing where, a bit like with the stock market at the moment, where any amateur can get into it hmm. and um, feel like they're a professional, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like where you kind of. You're making it so accessible and um, the information is so easy to digest. There's obviously loads of complexity around it, but like at a high level, you you instantly yeah. kind of feel like you're you're in control and you're making progress and you're like encouraged to do yeah. more of it. And then obviously you can make money that way. Yeah. So I think yeah, there's there's definitely an opportunity for that. And looking around, some people have tried this in the past and not really worked out. I think the key problem is like how you obviously track how much you've spent, um, yeah. keeping that uh, in a uh, realistic way so that people will be bothered to do it um, 
Yeah. You know, it's got to be as automated as possible. But you know, like the, the information around like expiry dates, like registration dates, um, registrar. So you can almost get, you know, the prices, how many years you've had it for. Mm. So it's quite easy, I think, from a simple calculation to determine like how much on average people would have spent. Obviously, people put coupon codes and maybe correct them. But on average, you know how much they've, they've spent on their domain. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, we kind of skipped ahead to like what we're, what we're thinking in terms of projects and, and things and what this podcast is going to be. So, um, yeah, I think it would be good, you know, maybe the stock market mm. uh, podcast will, will come in a, <laughs> in a different, in a different form. But yeah. I think for now we're going to, we're going to focus on this being about like how we build up our next projects and our next side projects, um, which hopefully becomes the main projects, but our next projects around how many times did I just say project? <laughs> But, you know, this is all about our, our projects, our plan, and how we're going to achieve it, and, and kind of giving updates around what we're doing and and how how it's going. So yeah. Yeah. I think the first step for us is, like, we need to decide what what the plan is and what, what we're focusing on. And, and we can talk through today a bit about, like, some of the ideas that we've been having. We touched upon a big one last time. Um, so maybe, you know, we're quite, both quite keen on that, but we, we can talk about about that a bit more. Yep. So obviously, yeah, the, the domain's portfolio is an interesting one. Um, another one is, is a long, long burning one, really, with motorcycle parking. We've probably mentioned this years ago in the podcast now around having a um, kind of real simple uh, web app for, and mobile apps that, that basically just tell you where parking spaces are available that are suitable for bikes and have kind of um, some information around that. And it could be community driven. And... Yeah, it's a really simple concept, and I guess it's the difficult one is around monetization, and you're kind of banking on the fact that you can get enough critical mass to get some sponsorship up. Um, yeah. And obviously, there's like a long game there by putting in all that content and being motivated by that content. I struggle because I've never had a motorbike or a motorcycle, and you you haven't in like a year or so. So like that personal that product, uh, no, that founder customer fit is yeah. quite low yeah. on that one. Yeah, but, but I, th I think it's, I mean, it's as simple as it sounds, sparking a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you've never, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly less awkward to park a motorbike than it is a car, because motorbike, mm. you can almost drop it most places or park it most places. Space is never really a problem. It's more legality and also security i found i remember i was coming back one time and someone had broken into my bike uh covered up stole my gloves <laughs> of all things they stole my leather gloves <laughs> um and that was parked at a, a reading station um yeah which i thought was a secure place um so it's kind of yeah security and also ease and closeness to wherever you want to go um, mm -hmm. And also, most parking spaces that you would go for as a motorcycle, it's probably free because um, you're kind of used to that as a motorbike user for not paying for parking because most of the time it is free. Um, yeah, and yeah, we, we built it actually, how long it was, maybe two years ago. Um, as a MVP, and uh, Chris working on it, and we launched it, 
and it did go down really well, as as good as it could have been, I think, provided that we didn't actually push it much. Um, I remember us mentioning it on the podcast and Twitter, maybe. Um, but I remember we got some good initial feedback, and people even contributed to parking spaces that were available close to them. Um, I think working on the community side of it is really strong. We always wanted people to sort of feed in the data so that it was reliable and had that kind of personal feel to it. Um, I guess the balancing side of that is how do you incentivize people to do it? Um, but if you, I imagine if we built some sort of community feeling around it, I think it, it might feed itself. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I was worried about the monetization, but like I said, if we do get the critical mass, then it's probably um, not so much of a problem as some other projects, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, yeah. the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this could, uh, this could work out. I think, um, yeah, it's something I've made some progress on over the weekend and um, kind of from a UI and UX perspective, like looking from a customer or a rider, like what I'd be looking for, as you say, kind of that community feedback around not just where the space is, but how safe it is, how convenient it is, that type of thing. Um, and I think if we can bake that in, um, there's, there's some opportunities there and there's some opportunities obviously for around sponsorship, which we know um, a similar old old time kind of client that we helped advise early on, um, Airby, um, in this sector, they, they use a lot of sponsorships to, to kind of get some cash through the door. So yeah, I think there's some, some, uh, potential there. Yeah. There's, there's kind of like three smaller, um, app ideas, you know, if we go back to it, this is almost like a shelf episode, but we're kind of evaluating these. Um, and the other ones are like interesting, but again, they're not, yeah, they're not like super. Um, relevant. And I think the one we've kind of been really passionate and almost really excited about is um, the, the concept of like highlight last time where we said about um, a dashboard-esque type portal where um, employees and colleagues can collaborate and um, have this one-stop shop for all the things that are within the company. So that's, you know, um, links to that. So that includes links, um, recent announcements, uh, key KPIs and statistics around the company. Um, and yeah, so we've obviously been inspired by um, like Stripe Home, um, but there's also been quite, as we've delved into this, a lot, of, a lot of other companies that have tried really different types and type, uh, really different interpretations of this. A lot of them can be kind of the corporate, not the corporate, the collaborative um, wiki that employees and, and colleagues can collaborate on to build up handbooks and resources. Um, but ultimately that's like a notion doc type, uh, solution. And then there's others that have been really, uh, bespoke and like forum type where they're just communities that live on a separate website that people are expected to go to. Um, and we've also even come across like internet style, um, dashboards that allow people to go in and build and configure these for their company. And what we're trying to do is basically get that balance right of 
not going all in where we kind of build something so generic that it's a hard sell because we don't even know what we're selling. Um, but also have enough value in there that it's um, worthwhile for a company to invest in and take take the time to even try it, never know, purchase it. So I guess my key reservation at this point is, yeah, what, what does that look like, that, that initial offering? Is it attractive enough for companies to... Um, to go for it, you know, motorcycle parking, we understand what that, that benefit is for the user. Um, the, the kind of, the kind of crux of it or the thing that might trip us up is, um, whether customers care enough. The only way we've kind of gone about it is, I guess you made an initial prototype of what, um, sort of visualizing how each component will look like on, on the webpage and the presentation of it and with a bit of sample data about how people could use it. Um, what the plan has been after that is to then show up to a bunch of companies um, who we kind of know personally and trust in giving good feedback and know that they would be a good fit for it. Um, so I guess, yeah, the, the plan is to then show them, do almost onboarding calls, more like showing them, talking about it, discussing it with them and about certain problems, see if it actually is a problem and probably do they like what they see? Does it have potential? Um, and then they get, I guess, like a yes, I'll try it out um, point of view. Um, and I, also to try and prove the which component is the most useful or the most um what you call it, like the golden ticket, I guess. Which one could you not live without? Um, and for me, I think that's the KPI side of it. But I want to see what other people think about it. Um, because stuff like announcements has been done. Um, you can go about it through email or Slack. But it'll be interesting to see how that fits. And then, yeah, sort of the resources side is, I think that's useful no matter what. Um, it's just how people would use it, what sort of documents they'd put on it, and if they'd actually feed into it. And then, yeah, the people directory, again, that's useful, but you could probably also see that on Slack. Um, and it's about you give them this initial like feed of how this will look, and then we'll see if they start a conversation out of it. Yeah, I think I think we definitely need more insight. So I guess the initial step for this is is get that insight. We want to do this from a mum test point of view, which where we don't show them what, what we've done yet. And we just talk through what's their problems, you know, how's collaboration, um, particularly in this environment of remote working. And um, what would you, yeah, what would you do to fix it? Why haven't you fixed it yet? Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of that. I think my gut, my gut feel like my, I guess my assumption and my hypothesis here is that people don't have, this isn't a big enough problem for people to actively go out and try and solve. I'm not trying to be negative Nelly here, but I'm just trying to like get, get into that realistic mindset of like from our, both from our experiences, like why haven't we sought out this type of tool? But at the same time, there is like a reaction to it where it's quite positive and people go, oh, that's, that's cool. And we just need to work out where this product fit, fits on that spectrum. We know it's not a business critical type um, product, 
from what we've been like focusing on designing but we don't know if it sits in the nice to have or the want to have kind of category because obviously yeah there's, there's tools out there even for hr you can do it yourself you know there's nothing stopping you having a spreadsheet that you record your employees details in but yeah um people want a more sophisticated process for that okay so i guess on our next kind of stage of what we want to try and achieve over the next week is talk to people about this a bit more i know you've already kind of started that process um where you kind of got some feedback but like how do we how do we action that feedback i guess categorizing the feedback into different things probably on a per feature or per topic basis and then going through i mean the next stage after people saying yes i I guess we need to hit that what what is that next metric that we need to hit to then progress with the product because you know we might all positive feedback people saying yes i'll use it yes and then how many people do we need to say yes for it to be the move on and i guess that's that's a tricky part because it might not just be a yes that we're looking for it might be a give us your bank card <laughs> yeah um or join the waiting list or or some indication that they would then pay for it after that i mean this this is a part of the project that always scares me because there are no certainties here yeah. it's not even a close to a certainty we're, we're we're dealing with a product that we don't want to even define um so this puts me out of my comfort zone at this point um but it is probably one of the more interesting stages where we're trying to work out the problems that people have around team communication and that cohesive feel of progress, which I know is, is something that we've identified as, as problems with with our previous companies. I, I guess it's building out step by step. Um, if people you know start to say yes on the certain features, we then um, take the initial step to then build it so it's usable at least usable it might not not feature complete or anything um and then there's that next step of okay are they actually opening it are they using it and then start building out that way and what happens if people from our discussions that we talk to they kind of identify a solution that we know already exists from our research so for instance you mentioned announcements has been done Mm. what if someone's like actually that's what i want is that what we're going to end up building or how do we balance that? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's uh, it's not a open-ended product, let's say. It's not like a, we're building it for a specific person. I guess we, we need to set the what is this product look like from a high level. And I think we've done that in that it's sort of that resource or, resource or hub place that people come to access or the visibility of how their company is doing as an overview. And everything that we move towards has to sort of fit under that umbrella, even though that, that is pretty big, but we kind of have a, a good idea of what it would look like. Yeah. And this, yeah, this is all about the road, like defining the roadmap for this yeah. the kind of vision and problem that we, we know, we know exists and everyone knows it exists. Like it could always be better. Team comms can always be better. Um, but it's, it's how much companies want to actually invest in it. Yeah. Um, because we, there's some startup costs to this, you know, we've got, particularly when any, any kind of team adopts a product, you, it's not just one person you're selling to, it's, it's more than that. Yeah. And unless, unless more than one person um, buys into it, it makes it a lot less sticky and doesn't really work. Um, yeah. Unless obviously we build a product that doesn't matter if it's um, like that, yeah. which if we're going down the KPIs route, maybe it doesn't. You just have to impress 
whoever's interested in those KPIs. Yeah, it's quite a, a weird one because it, it's, um, it's almost ripe for VT or exploratory investment um, because it does need that time to experiment and, and get that market fit initially. Um, but I think there's a way around it um, in that we, we do like the slow increments and measure sort of pretty constantly on how people are using it and build it out that way um, based on that initial data, I guess. Cool. All right. Well, we know what we need to achieve over the next week, which is talk to um, potential customers around right. it and try and figure it out. So, um, yeah, we'll hopefully have an update next week on, on how that's gone and uh, next steps. How are you uh, finding general uh, working on side things at the moment? Um, I am currently suffering from shiny object syndrome quite a lot. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to find something passionate to uh, align myself with. Um, and highlight is, is one of those, like I've got a long list now of things that I've like done in my past, like in terms of experience, like projects that we worked on. Um, and I'm trying to find like a, an overlap. It's like a big Venn diagram that I'm trying to find the, the sweet spot mm. in. Um, and yeah, at the moment I'm just trying to struggle to try and fill that. And, Highlight is, is an interesting one because it's got the potential to be in that sweet spot, but at the moment it's too generic to, to not be in there. And obviously in this podcast, we've already talked about like three different projects. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of tell like how I'm bouncing around yeah. and I was just trying to really settle in and, and embed in on, on something. Um, and what, what would, uh, what would give you that confidence to go on one thing? I think just a bit more clarity around this is what we're building mm. and well, yeah, just that. This okay. is what we're building. This is V1. And yeah. then I can like crack on and build yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and then something to back that up as well, I guess. It's not just about yeah. people saying it. It's uh, a commitment. Yeah, I think, that's, I, think that's, I think that's a lot of the problem is I'm, I'm theorizing a lot of my customer um, views mm. um, and I'm not talking to customers enough. So, yeah, trying to get in that mindset of really figuring out customer problems and therefore solutions um that's got to be key to to get back into a more focused approach yeah what about you yeah i think uh it's a similar thing although i'm i'm excited about discussing it with people and trying to yeah solve this problem all right cool we'll wrap it there yeah. we'll be back next week hopefully with an update um, well, yeah. it will, we will have an update. Cool. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye.